You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! You're now listening to another episode of Flat McCall, Candid Conversations on Music. Feels like so long since I've talked to y'all, even though I missed only one episode last week. The good news is I'm committed to bringing you three episodes this week. Today, tomorrow, and Thursday. So you'll be hearing a lot more of me, and more importantly, of awesome bands. Today's guest is no exception. I'm talking to Baby Boys, who put out their debut full-length threesome earlier this year. If you're familiar with Hippocampus, you may recognize Jake and Nathan from that band, as they're two-thirds of Baby Boys, which is rounded out with Caleb Hens. Baby Boys is a far cry from Hippocampus in many ways, focusing on a wilder, more unhinged side of things, and placing a strong value on improvisation, taking risks, and following any and all ideas. We talk all about that and more, so sit back and enjoy the ride. I guess I kind of want to start with uh, the first notes on the album because that intro to Commonplace sounded so familiar to me. And for the longest time, I couldn't put my finger on why. And then I realized that there's a track from the video game Katamari Damashi that like has a very similar intro to that. I'm just wondering if by any chance that's like intentional. <laughs> Not intentional, but I love that game. <laughs> that game is crazy. Yeah, uh, Mondo put out that soundtrack on vinyl like last year or the year before, and I was like so excited. I love having it. <laughs> wow, cool. Yeah, no, uh, that intro was all just, I think it was actually a voice memo of us jamming, uh, and then we just kind of threw it in there. Uh, yeah, not much reference material for that. <laughs> nice. uh, um, the mission statement for Baby Boys is kind of like the say yes to everything mentality. I'm curious, like, how you kind of settled on that and what made it the right fit for the project. Yeah. There, well, we, there's this microphone that we recorded the whole record with, um, and it has a, a yes sticker, a sticker that just says yes on it. It's like a blue sticker. And um, it just, it's the yes mic. And um, it just quickly became uh, the mantra for the project because we were just moving so fast. And, and we wanted that to be the case, like just momentum, full speed ahead, kind of like no holds barred. I think a lot of the other projects that we've been working on up until that point had been um, oftentimes really constrictive and full of like walls, you know, like certain things that we couldn't do. And so with this project being kind of for me personally, the first thing I've ever done that wasn't that way, it was kind of just free reign. We wanted to explore like how crazy we could make shit 
in such a short amount of time. And uh, yeah, it was just go, 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 because I think that's a rare thing within musical projects these days. And uh, we all trusted each other's musical abilities, like from the get. So it's pretty easy to, to, to keep the ball rolling. And was the EP that way as well? Or was that more of a, the, did that come with the album? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the EP was pretty similar. The EP kind of set the stage, I feel like. I mean, the EP was like, we wouldn't have made the record without the EP. The EP was like us figuring out, oh, this is a possibility for us as three people who are very close already, but have never, you know, formally worked together in any sense. I mean, we, we, we worked together. I mean, Jake and Nathan obviously have worked together for a long time and I've come and gone in various ways, but yeah, I mean, the EP like was kind of the birth of the whole pace of our process and the framework in which we, the chemistry and stuff. So yeah, I mean, the EP was like a thesis statement or the, yeah. Totally. And I mean, was, was that kind of idea of like following that, um, did you go into the studio that way or did that kind of like happen while you were in the studio? I went in that way. We had a very small amount of time scheduled for the record. It was only nine days that we were like, all right, we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it was, I guess both kind of like um, for the EP, it was, it was very like off the cuff getting together. And then, you know, I, I feel like we were busier at that time in a weird way as well just like with our personal lives maybe so we didn't have like a whole lot of i don't know the the idea of an album wasn't really like on the horizon i feel like at that point in time but yeah it was it's it's all very much like new discoveries like left and right for sure yeah so it was like kind of more born out of the necessity of or the uh not being able to necessarily have the time to prepare kind of i think so yeah it it's always been a fairly rushed project but that adds to like the 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 frenzy of it i think and and kind of the sometimes maniacal um shenanigans that we get up to musically and (laughs) non-musically so yeah i think it i think it it's it's kind of up until this point it's been a defining factor for the sound and what are kind of some of the moments that you're most like proud of that you might not have kind of said yes to and like followed that path otherwise well i mean a lot of the lyrical stuff is kind of like that where it's like you know in the moment you're like you can't say that dude but once you push through and like the next day you're listening to the song and like it still hits and makes you laugh and stuff but i mean i mean that song shorty the last song in the album is kind of a cool one of those where it was like it didn't really like i don't know it's like not the best song ever it's like these this two-part thing and but the end is just like this ridiculous wall of sound that like no one would i don't know it's like too loud it's like a hundred percent pain zero percent pleasure it's like a horror horror movie you know and it's 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 definitely just like in any project that I would be working in other than baby boys, I would never ever make something that ridiculous, like, and play it that loud. And like we would, the speakers would smoke and stuff. Like it was just like a, a brutal time. There might be more probably too, but that one's super. <laughs>
And I mean, just to get like a timeline in my head, I, I think I read somewhere that you've kind of been sitting on this for like a, a year or so, but was it, were those like nine days pre or post or pre or during COVID? Very pre. Yeah. It was like six or eight months before COVID. Oh, oh so well over a year then that you were sitting on it. <laughs> yeah. It was, the, it was the fall before COVID that we made the, the record. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, I, I don't know. I mean, we were just kind of sitting on it and then we had some like plans to release it. Uh, but then it was COVID time and then we were working on a bunch of other shit. And I don't know. It's weird how hard it is to find windows to release things. Like if you're working on all these different projects and then there's like all these different politics that are involved in the timeline. And then you kind of just have to surrender to the, to whatever arc the greater good is like figuring out for that community and it's wild we deal with this kind of rollout shit in our friend group a ton um but it's crazy because i feel like it actually came at the perfect time it was like this springtime vaccines are rolling out and like all the it was just like this positive uh wave and i'm so fucking glad we didn't release it uh in the winter or in the fall because it wouldn't have done the same thing yeah it definitely feels like those opportunities are kind of opening up in the similar way that like the musical opportunities were. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's a huge parallel for sure. And I mean, obviously there was like the existing relationship with grand jury through hippocampus, but I'm curious, were they like on board with baby boys right away or did you have to kind of win them over? <laughs> in some instances. Yeah. I mean, they're, they were, they, I think trust Jake and Nathan and like, they have a relationship with them. So they were like, obviously down, but there was definitely some things that, I mean, even the management and stuff were like, I don't know about that. I mean, there was like an original title for the record that we like, can't say because it's so bad or something. Yeah. It's frowned upon. It's frowned upon. Um, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, a healthy relationship though, for sure. Like, easy to compromise on some things like reining it in here and there. It had to be done for sure. You're supportive. Good guys. And I mean, I know you were working uh, with some other bands production wise, like Sammy and some others uh, around the same time. Was there like overlap with those? Like, I know you had those, the late night kind of writing sessions for the album. Was that because you were doing other stuff during the day or was that just kind of when your creative juices were flowing? Not at that time, actually. At that time, it was all baby boys, all nine days. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing about the scheduling was that we actually, we originally were like, all right, we're going to start at two. We're going to be done at midnight. And then like, once you do that, you kind of just like start rotating the clock forward every day where and then it just turn by the end of it, it's, you know, midnight to eight in the morning <laughs> or more than that. Yeah, the the studio that we did that record in, uh, it was like the first project that we worked on in that space. So we were kind of breaking it in, and uh, it was a, it was a really convenient and nice spot. So pushing it back later and later was just it was just like it's so fun hanging here, you know, just like until it's like eight in the morning, and then your body's exhausted, and it's like what the fuck have I done? But yeah, we ended up making the Samia record in that same same spot in um, the milo record in the milo record yes yeah. uh, can you talk a little about how kind of your production work compared between baby boys and the work with the outside artists 
totally super it's really different actually i i feel like sometimes i go into projects being like wanting to like do the baby boys thing <laughs> and then very quickly realize this is like all right dude this isn't the like you got to wear a different hat here it just makes sense like not every world uh makes sense to have be baby boysified you know <laughs> it'd be kind of a fucked up trade like identifier too where it's just like god you're annoying <laughs> yeah and it's like such a pain in the ass sometimes that like not everybody wants to say yes to anything or can say yes to anything, you know, it's like, but there, there is a beauty in that too. It's like, I, I don't know what the beauty is, but it's there. It's just something's there. But yeah, the process is like, I think the, I think we all know the roles that we play best. You know, we all have like our, our set of skills. And so it's pretty easy to like pass off certain duties within the baby boys crew, like production wise, I guess it's, it, it's, yeah, it's just difficult to like, the most difficult thing is just understanding like the artist's vision and like trying to achieve that while also achieving your own, you know, cause it is a, a companionship. One thing I, I will say about that. Um, I think one of the things that baby boys did teach me in moving into other production projects is that I'm like way more comfortable than most people in the room with taking musical risks kind of because of baby boys and I think that having that kind of like comfort and chillness and confidence and like sometimes sometimes the risk feels really big to that artist but it's really not that crazy and compared to like baby boys or something and I think having that sensibility is actually like really helpful in a in producing a record because people like need that reassurance sometimes uh when something comes up that's moderately risky you know mm -hmm. yeah and it's kind of one of those things where it's like you know you can follow the idea to its end and then decide totally yeah yeah that's exactly and uh, with like kind of such an open book since you're not working within the straight constraints of like the typical guitar bass drums band setup how do you kind of like even get started on the tunes? Yeah, it's different every time. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the start of the record, so the first day of the nine days, we like sat down and just like, okay, let's compile like a bunch of ideas, whatever we've been fucking with. And I think that initially, that initial like group of ideas, I, th I don't know, maybe like, I don't even know how many voice memos were in there, but there was a bunch of voice memos and we kind of just like we did that but then i think we also jammed a little bit um just to kind of feel out the vibe and that's where commonplace started from right and then like maggot water was kind of like one of the earlier tracks that we worked on and that that's just like a bunch of old voice memos just like smudged at the beginning of the song um and we kind of just roll with that i don't know it kind of just takes off We'll like find some chords a chord structure that works um some songs though are like fully fleshed out already um arrangement wise and they just need like lyrics or you know even a melody and then other songs are were just like super off the cuff like just a loop you know so yeah it varies but i think i think the the voice memo thing with this record specifically definitely 
had a heavy hand in the whole process. And I'm curious, like, you know, since you were doing kind of everything all at once, the writing, producing, you know, performing, uh, did you find that to be, you know, freeing or did it kind of hinder the process at all? And going forward, is that something you're going to continue like uh, with the next release the Baby Boys has? I think it's really freeing to just not have like all these phases. And I think it's also just like, the role that baby boys plays for us is such a like refresher because just because we all do work on so many other things that it's like i can't imagine a baby i mean who knows maybe that is like the left turn that baby boys takes the next thing where it's like you write it all and then take break and then do all the other shit but it is kind of amazing to do so much of the process in this one little spurt and there's there aren't all these phases and all this bullshit and all this like room for you to overthink things and second guess things it's just like basically what you end up with at the end of the night is like pretty much what you put on the record and that is like a really it doesn't feel there's no pressure in it either it's just like that's how it is it's not cut with anything like it's it's pure shit it's like as distilled as it gets i think because it's just it's happening there and then like in the moment and we're capturing it and we're letting it we're letting it do its thing like the songs are just like they're there we just have to like grab them and that's it it's just like super super freeing for sure yeah and i think it's another thing that i learned from baby boys is like i'd never ever heard jake jake's voice just tracked like in the moment full pass like a whole song because like a lot of times like he'll like get like the perfect take and he'll do it like over and over again. It's like get like this like, yeah. amazing or comping vocal. vocals. Yeah. Yeah. But like with the baby boys thing, like I never heard him just like do this thing. And it was like really eye opening uh, for me to see like what his capabilities were in this spontaneous way vocally. And I feel like that's another thing that I, I like go forward in my life thinking like the original demo vocal oftentimes has this spirit uh, about it that like, you can't really recreate if you're like, oh, we're going to track this better. So I don't know. That's like another thing that you learn committing so fast to something. It's like it really doesn't, I don't know, all this stuff that you do to like make something better in the end. It's not be stupid. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that kind of like stands out to the album about to me is like kind of the sense of urgency, like especially since, you know, we're past a year since the last live shows we've been to like getting that feeling of that energy is like definitely something that I connected with <laughs> right love that I'm curious like without the kind of traditional like strong song structures or storytelling um what have you kind of seen people connect to most with the album it's hard to from my on on my end it's kind of difficult um I don't spend like a whole bunch of time on the internet but I enjoyed people just embracing some of maybe like the weirder elements of the record. And I I hope that that's kind of just like a jumping off point for them in the future. Just like lean into the weird shit, you know, it's like, it's just, it doesn't have to be like, I don't know. It doesn't have to be so serious. Like music listening doesn't have to be such a serious thing. You know, I think like, the fun behind this record and the, I mean, the fun that we had making this record, uh, I guess that's like the point, you know, like fun, having fun is weird as fuck. And I think that that's what 
I hope people are walking away with. But like I said, it's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> I really just want them to understand that Bum Vengati is like one of the best songs ever written. And I just, I want to be rich. You know what I mean? I'm not saying anything, am I? I'm not really saying anything. You can cut this part out. What is it about, uh, about Bum Vengati that, you know, it really hits home for you? <laughs> Yeah, Nathan writes about Bobby Literally everything. Um, it doesn't last. It's uh, gibberish. And Caleb's got the golden hand, you know? He's a wizard, dude. I don't know. That song is just... that. Honestly, it's like that is... I mean, we didn't do shit to that song. I'm not... I didn't do anything on that shit. And it's just the most it is the most distilled thing talking about like the pure grade, like that's like a one and done kind of song that one and like cannonball are like the one and doneers. And it's just something about it, man. It's weird. And it's just so tight. Catchy as fuck. It's kind of gibberish, but also if you really read it and look into it, I feel like there's some profound meaning in there. I don't know. Shut up, dude. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you were kind of just coming on as I was saying to Caleb how I recently got tickets to uh, see this band, this jam band, Goose. And over kind of over the pandemic, just before the pandemic, I started getting into jam bands. And I think that kind of what you're hitting on is kind of what I connect to about them, which is the kind of like anything can happen. And like, you know, it's you don't necessarily every second of it doesn't necessarily have to be like conventionally good, but it's like chasing those moments of you know what is good you know yeah dude that's that's the shit i love that that's actually this thing that i was thinking about like a while ago when we were talking about the record where like like with the jam band or like with jazz it's all, all there's this improv element to it and it's all like there's the unexpected nature to like the creating of it because you're like in that moment and i think baby boys actually feels like there's this improv element to it even though it's still like structured and like arranged music and it's like songs technically but i think the process of it was like so explosively improvisational and, and unexpected that i think that that might be like kind of the connection between it because i really i fuck with that 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 is real too like listening to music that isn't just you know just a song that moves you but it is like this experience of unexpected and like that's crazy you got into jam bands during a time when there's no live music yeah i mean i guess it's, there's literally just days worth of, <laughs> of stuff to check out because the uh, the fan base is kind of what originally interested me about them like i've tried a few times over the years to like understand to get into them because like just the the crazy archival aspect of it is like so interesting to me. And then I actually, I heard someone on a podcast, like compare jam bands to jazz music and like going in with that in mind, instead of like the rock side in mind, just like somehow made it click. <laughs> That's cool. I love it. And then I, I also wanted to kind of hit on the idea of baby boys music as like escapism you know whether it's you know from the fan perspective you know escaping the mentality of the pandemic or like the band i know you guys were having like some heavy conversations outside of the recording sessions and you know the the fun kind of served to lighten the mood um can you talk a little about that kind of idea behind the music yeah i feel weird about like the whole concept of escapism because i feel like it's sometimes attributed to like uh doing something like uh 
almost like to pursuing happiness or something or like trying to brush something off and be like, no, like I, I actually deserve to feel this way right now. And I feel like that I don't necessarily see it as escapism, but like sort of like a, like a victory or like a solution. Cause, cause I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't like encourage bottling of stuff, which I feel like that's like escaping something does that where it's like you, you bottle it up, but with like sort of this freedom of, of baby boys and like the excitable fun and like the hidden profoundness in that fun. I feel like it's almost like actually the solution to the problems. Like when we would have these, have these heavy conversations together in the studio while we were doing it. I mean, we always get up to some conversation and end up lightly arguing, but, but I feel like the, the process of making the music was always like this solution to that. And it made it, it like made it all better and there was never any bottling up about it which i think um yeah i don't know like to me like dubstep is escapism or something like that or i don't <laughs> so like more like the release kind of yeah i don't even know what i'm saying anymore i can say no i can see that that's a tough question that's a that's a toughie yeah i don't know man i don't know that's, I don't really Again, know. going back to jam bands, because clearly that's what I like to do in this conversation. Uh, the kind of uh, tension and release is something that they play with a lot, which is another thing that I really connect to. And I think that makes sense with what you're saying. Yeah, totally. Uh, the, the word escapism is used a lot in like uh, art or creating. And, and it always seems like it's like tied to like the depressed artist or like the the starving artist or something i i associate it with like yes like i see yeah, i see it as a very negative term i guess like if if somebody like labels you an escapist like that's like it's like fuck like i don't want to be that you know like i don't want to like it like goes against like human code i think in my brain like it's like if you're an escapist, like you're like performing some sort of like ethical error. I think it's difficult. So it's difficult. I, I think that like I think the escaping of I think that the the maybe like escaping reality or like escaping the the negative aspects of reality, like the pandemic or something like taking your mind off of that that's a good thing i think that's a part of reality like that's a part of the the whole thing right like it's not in addition to or like beside it's like in reality it's like a part of the experience and so i don't know i don't know i i guess with that with that i guess it is escape this music to a certain degree and per the heavy conversations that we were having at the time i think it was you know touring with hippocampus has always just been really like grueling at times and um so for baby boys to act as like it's like it's not an escape because it's a part of the thing but it is an escape because it's not part of the thing it's i don't know back and forth i guess but I think it's I think it's a both and sort of situation in terms of playing with the music, though. I, I think there's honestly it's like there's a lot of like for as crazy as the record gets at times, like 
we also love leaning into like something just being like reserved and the way that it is and like kind of small. I feel like there is a lot of like moments on the record where it's like, oh, we exercised control instead of lack of control. And th- I think those moments kind of shine through. And I, I always respect that about like, well, that's why I love like Bumbengati specifically is like, that's a moment of like complete control. You know, it's never unhinged in my brain and it never makes me feel it's like the best drug, you know, is the drug that like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not advocate advocating for drugs, but, the, but the best ones are ones that like grab onto you and just like, won't let go. Right. Like, and that's kind of like, you don't come down super hard the best ones you're left yeah. with some type of of discovery yeah and that's that's what bit that's big and you go back you go back to it over and over and over and over um the album artwork was definitely something that i wanted to hit on and like kind of just talking about that now i feel like it kind of goes well because because of you know the pandemic and the fact that it's literally your three mouths touching each other um I feel like it kind of goes with that idea of like not escapism but kind of like powering through and you know in a celebratory way uh can you just talk a little bit about the album artwork and how it came to be <laughs> yeah that's that's totally fucking spot on that celebrate celebratory thing um there we had a few ideas going for the album artwork and we uh we did a, we tried a couple things out that was one of them we did like this photo shoot and i i just i don't know i just one of the images i had in my head was like three people kissing fucking hard and like getting like tongues and stuff i didn't even really think it should have been us at first i i thought it should have been all of jake's roommates <laughs> but then then you have to figure out oh are these people down to do that and like no one was down to do that especially during this time yeah, that, that might increase the budget too <laughs> if you got to pay them off to do it. <laughs> totally. So uh, we uh, we went for it. We did a couple other shots in that in that session that uh, were something you know, a couple involving spit. Um, but then I was just like, we got to try this, dude. We got to try us doing this mic thing. And the guy shooting the photos couldn't even fucking handle it. He was like gagging and barfing. There was a lot of shots that could have been taken that weren't taken because they were too like loogie-ish and like stretched stretched out mucus but yeah there yeah i don't know there was just like it obviously had to be something that really like reflected the the love that we all share for each other and also the recklessness uh within the process and it like a humor aspect to it and gross aspect i don't know just like ticked all the all the boxes i remember i'm trying to think of like the other ideas i have I, one of them was like all the gum under underneath the table, like like when you you put your gum under the table in third grade or something. I thought that Caleb has a reputation of loving the nastiest shit. I'm only now realizing that it's actually nasty though. Like I, I just think it's I just thought it was funny, and then all the people started gagging. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I love it. I think it's dope. I think that you're a it's it's criminal how how uh underrated you are and have you uh like audience wise have you had like strong reactions from that as well yeah i feel like everyone hates it (laughs) yeah but that that's like the thing like i don't care if they hate it i kind of want them to hate it 
Well, it's like, do they actually hate it, or are they just like, is that part? Is that like just the way they express their reaction of like, holy shit? I don't know. Who knows? And can you can you like truly hate something like within one second of it coming across your eyeballs? Like, is that is that like? Yeah. Can it immediately have that? Have that if it has that much of an impact on you? I feel like it's it's not the artwork. It's it's your problem. You know, it's like well, they say hate's not the opposite of love. It's indifference. So I feel like that plays into. <laughs> A fucking men, yeah. That's definitely getting it's getting it's getting a reaction out of them, which is you know part of the goal. <laughs> I was like, who knows? Is Baby Boy's good? I don't know. Is good or not? It is what it is. It's a meaningful uh, moment, but yeah, it's like it's not like you show this shit to your grandma and she's like, yeah, you know. I can't like show this to my in-law and they're like damn like you're so good at making music yeah like what the fuck are you but doing? we don't even have to talk about our music videos jesus can't show my mom any of that shit <laughs> she doesn't want to see the maggot water one she really does i don't even think she knows it exists honest to god i showed my dad and he was like he's he he watched up until I took my clothes off and then, and then he said, don't show your mother. And I was like, really? You think she'll hate it? Damn, your mom probably would be getting mad. Yeah. She'd be angry with she me. She can take it up with the me. With the Lord. <laughs> that was like in uh in middle school, I was watching Borat with my mom and we turned it off when they got to the Polaroids of him and his son. <laughs> oh yes. That's a tough one with your mother. That's, that's yeah, I don't, ill-advised. Yes, I, don't, I don't know what the thought process, I don't know how that ended up happening. <laughs> I love that. Cause I, I certainly <laughs> wasn't able to uh, rent a rated R movie at that time. Nice. And then, I mean, I always like to wrap up the show the same way, which is by asking for uh, just a piece of advice or something you've been thinking about lately that you wanted to share. Uh, I, I was just thinking about this. I was listening to some podcast yesterday where people were talking about advice they're giving to their past selves. And I was like, what would, I give to pastel. I don't know. People just got to be self-aware. I don't know. It's not advice. That's not advice. That's not advice. Be <laughs> self-aware. That's a, that's a criticism. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Ah, oh, fuck. I, there's just like so many little cloudy abstract paths I could go on that are like remotely advice based. But uh, in terms of two sentences, fuck my ass. Maybe... Um, something I've been thinking about lately though, is that when people give you a compliment, try to, try to really pinpoint how long does it take for that compliment to, to, to fade away? That shit, you gotta, you gotta make like a little, a little storage box inside of your brain for that shit to stick around because like people mean that shit when they tell it to you or, or you, you can tell when people mean that shit when they tell it to you <laughs> and people gotta like learn how to really like savor that, those feelings because it is fucked up how how quickly that can go away sometimes it's literally like a half a second and i recently had a kid this year i had a a daughter she's the coolest thing but i immediately was just like had her back harder than i've had anyone's back in the world you know i was like i don't care if she's good at anything ever i'm going to advocate for her in any situation i was like how amazing would it be if people could advocate for themselves the way that i 
felt about my little baby. That's something I was thinking about lately. I guess it's kind of advice, but I don't know. I, I think that that is an important thing for people to, to think about and to care for inside their own little mental rabbit holes. Yeah. If, if anyone who has ever said something nice about this podcast on online, I have a screenshot of it saved to a folder of my phone. So you're fucking doing the right Dude, thing. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. That's great. That's great. This podcast does well. Thanks for having us here. And it, it was, it, it is really a great talking to you. I'm talking Thank about you. And you. Yeah, know, talking about it really you. is. Um, I don't know if I have any advice. I don't know. I don't think I could back that. I don't think I could beat that. Um, but maybe something like, uh, I think that like, I think you can practice humility. But that doesn't mean like you're good at it. And if you, I, th- I think people know when you're forcing it, you know what I mean? So don't try to be like too humble. I think maybe t- tying into like the compliment thing, you know, like oftentimes like, Nobody, people like shirk off compliments because they're afraid of being like arrogant about themselves, but, and then they like associate that with like humility, you know, it's like, oh, I'm being humble. I'm like, I'm humbling myself. And it's like, you can humble yourself into the ground, but then you're like worthless, you know, you're no good to anybody. And, uh, something like that. Maybe, I don't know. I'm improving right now, guys. (laughs) It's the start of my type 15. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, if someone genuinely means a compliment and then you're just like, nah, you don't mean that. Or like, nah, that's not true. It's like, that feels shitty to them. And then it's not good for either yeah. of you. <laughs> it's pretty audacious. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I didn't <laughs> like, I'll take it right the fuck back. I mean, it's just like throwing a brick wall in the middle of the highway. It's like, that's not the, the transfer of energy is not a successful. Yeah letting that love like flow out of you and exist in, in harmony with the other person is like, I mean, that's kind of the best feeling ever. And that's what baby boys is about. And that's another sweet conversation on the books. This one was recorded a while ago. So it was fun coming back to it while editing the episode. I feel like it was a unique discussion about a truly wild album. After listening to this, I can't imagine you aren't already curious about what it sounds like, but if you're not, I really think it's at least worth one full playthrough to challenge yourself and see how you feel about it. That's Threesome by Baby Boys. Threesome by Baby Boys. Threesome by Baby Boys. Flying the Call is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. A special thank you as always to The Alternative for helping to promote the show, Kaylin West of Tiny Stills for the theme song, and Michaela Jane for the artwork. You can keep up to date by subscribing to the podcast and following the show on Twitter and Instagram at FlyingTheCallPod. Feel free to email any questions, comments, or other feedback to me at FlyingTheCallPod at gmail.com. Just go for it. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now.